Hey everyone, welcome back to Practical Non-Toxic Living by Ruan. This week's episode is a quick little 15-minute episode all about avoiding forever chemicals in your daily routine, specifically your diet. Um, I'm going to be completely honest, the audio isn't excellent on this one, (laughs) but it's definitely still worth listening. Um, Honestly, Sophia and I were recording a different podcast and we just kept rolling and we're kind of chatting afterwards and listening back to it, we felt like it was full of valuable little bites that we would like to share with you guys. So it's just a a real behind the scenes look into what it's like everyone living just to people who are super passionate about researching and implementing non-toxic living into our lives. So as always, if you have any questions, feel free to DM us on Instagram at practical non-toxic living and at Ruan living. And if you want, you can send us an email, hello at ruanliving.com, R-U-A, and as in non-toxic, living.com. If you aren't already subscribed to our newsletter, all you have to do is text detox to 66866 and you'll get signed right up. It's not annoying. It's a little weekly newsletter that um, just adds a little bit of practical non-toxic living tips and positivity, light, and love in your inbox every Tuesday mornings. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here is quick tips to avoid forever chemicals in your diet. Hi, I'm Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of the critically acclaimed best-selling book, A to Z of Detoxing, The Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures, and founder of Ruan Living, the only wellness lifestyle brand that simplifies practical non-toxic living. Welcome to my podcast. I feel like I think that's interesting and would like personally also like to know a little bit more about that. Um, (laughs) So can you tell me a little bit more about how eating, use this phrase, eating lower on the food chain and how that could reduce our overall toxic exposures by applying that principle into our diet? Yeah. So in A to C of detoxing, when I was writing chapter eight, focusing on persistent organic pollutants, which worldwide researchers have collaborated on studying these highly persistent chemicals because they like fat, they're like fat soluble, they settle in fat, they increase in concentration as they ascend the food chain. I think the most well-known example is tuna. Tuna is a predator fish and it eats things in the ocean that have eaten other things. And so starting with this, the lowest parts on the food chain, they're a little, they're small levels of mercury lower on the food chain in the ocean, but because they get eaten up by a predator and then those predators get eaten up by a bigger predator, so on and so forth. Tuna has a very high load of mercury. And that's why Pregnant women especially should avoid eating tuna when they're pregnant, but all adults and children should be really mindful of how often they have it. But the same idea applies to other things high in the food chain, like like meats and what is highest on the food chain actually are dairy products because dairy tends to be high fat unless you're having 
zero fat milk, or I don't know, I think cheese just tends to have fat. And so studies have found that the fat soluble chemicals like PCBs and phthalates are found in higher concentrations in high fat foods. And what's most upsetting is that but children are babies are most vulnerable to these toxic exposures. So I learned all of this when I had babies and I was pregnant and learning about this idea that certain toxic chemicals, especially those that like to settle in fat, increase in concentration as they ascend the food chain made me modify my diet to have a plant-based diet as much as is practical. And whenever we crave something else, we, we go for it. We listen to our bodies, but we try and have our baseline be clean and nutrient dense, but we're not perfect. And we definitely want to make room for joy and celebrations. So when we are at parties when we're at school, when we're environments where we can't easily control what we eat and drink, we just let it all go and enjoy the moment. Another thing that I found really helpful to know, important to know, is that cheese, which I said earlier, can have high concentrations of fat-soluble chemicals like phthalates, tend to be wrapped in plastic wrap and soft plastic in general tends to have hormone disrupting chemicals like phthalates and studies have found that the phthalates are constantly leaching into something like cheese they're just constantly migrating so the longer the cheese has been sitting in the plastic wrap the more likely it is to have even higher concentrations of phthalates. So I read that something you can do is, it's very, very hard. It's almost impossible to buy cheese that's not wrapped in plastic. I've tried. And there are stores that have cheese in, not in plastic, in like a huge cheese wheel, still like with the wax around it. But the stores are very reluctant to, give you cheese cut from that wheel. It must <laughs> contribute to waste. Like that cheese maybe goes bad more quickly, but they're very reluctant to do it. So it's very hard to do. And so I experimented with maybe cutting off the side, the exterior sides of the cheese. So I'm serving my children cheese that are more in the interior. So that should reduce their phthalate exposure. But then I ended up wasting a ton of cheese. So it's a really tricky situation, but I'm glad I knew, especially with young kids. And it just made me monitor how much cheese they were having, especially cheese wrapped in plastic. And another practical tip as a result of knowing that certain chemicals love to be in fat is if you're going to have milk, then low fat milk or zero fat milk will decrease your exposure to toxic chemicals. And so as I speak, I'm talking just from the lens of toxic exposures, not considering some people like young children benefit from fat, from dairy. So you wanna 
consider things holistically, but something that is overlooked are the chemicals in our foods and in dairy products. That's so interesting about how dairy is, you know, because you don't think of that as being part of the food chain in terms of eating lower on the food chain, but because it's a byproduct of a um, mostly like cows or sheep or goats, like it obviously is going to have that higher toxic load, which is just fascinating, but I never would have like thought of on my own. And it's so, so interesting that maybe because, you know, since young children, sometimes that full fat milk can be good for them and that dairy can be good for them. Maybe that's an item that you prioritize buying organic grass-fed, super high quality. Um, in a glass of, container. In, in a glass container. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe now knowing that that's another way that if you do have young children and you are like, I want to, I want to do whole milk. I want to do whole fat yogurt. Um, maybe you prioritize that in your, your food or your grocery budget or your grocery list in terms of what you do um, reduce your toxic exposures with. That's so helpful. Yeah. And I think that we all have budgets we have to work within. And if you have young, it's, this is especially important for young life. So just prioritizing cleaner, high fat foods for babies and young kids is it's really worthwhile and, and less damaging if you're an adult. But um, if you have young children that you're buying foods for, it's especially worthwhile for them. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for all that information. And this is so, this is what I love about our conversations and just like this practical, non-toxic living lifestyle and uh, kind of world and these discussions that we have, because we started this conversation talking about <laughs> forever chemicals and fish, and we ended it with some practical tips of how to reduce your exposures in dairy at your grocery store. <laughs> but that's what's so beautiful. It's also interconnected and all of it is just little useful takeaways. And so. I think it's so, I know you also, we find this so fascinating. So you know, this is this conversation though is reminding me of something I haven't thought about in a long time, which I thought was so interesting. There are studies that found that butter, like butter is also a high fat dairy food or dairy byproduct. Butter sold in a store near a laundry, like dry cleaning, had higher levels of perk, which is a highly toxic chemical that was very commonly used by dry cleaners and it's probably still used too often. Because perk was in the air, the butter absorbed it. And so I pay attention when I'm gonna buy food, I look around to see, is it near a dry cleaner? Is it near a gas station? So just be aware that the foods on the store shelves can also still absorb things in the air. That is so fascinating. I had no idea about that study. And this is, I'm not going to remember the brands or the statistics off the top of my head, but um, also in the news this week is New York City just published a ban on certain types of laundry detergents because as they are used and then sent out into the air and into the water supply, their concentrations of chemicals are so, so high that they are having an effect on the environment to the point where the city actually bans certain brands, which is both exciting and also just like fascinating that there is that much 
evidence that all of these little molecules can really just accumulate and have such an impact on our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, New York City. (laughs) Um, So fun chatting with you. Thanks for listening. For podcast show notes, visit www.ruanliving.com, spelled www.ruan is in non-toxic living.com. To more easily listen to other episodes, please subscribe to the Practical Non-Toxic Living Podcast. And if you'd like to support it, please like it and share it. Until next time. Okay, so I just wanted to come on here and do a quick fact check because at the time of recording, I had only read headlines about the laundry detergent ban I was talking about at the end of this episode, and I've done a little bit more research now, so I wanted to clarify. So this is a bill signed in 2019 for all of New York State, so not just New York City, and it became official in January of 2023. So this relates to 1,4-dioxane, which is a chemical classified as a likely human carcinogen by the U.S. EPA. Um, And it's not usually listed as an individual ingredient on the label because it's considered a byproduct of other chemicals in most laundry detergents, so it wouldn't necessarily show up on a label. Um, This bill doesn't necessarily ban brands, it just limits the levels of this 1,4-dioxane in household products. So... As of now, because we're past January 2023, it is limited to two parts per million in household products, and by the end of 2023, um, only one part per million in household products will be allowed. So it's not specific brands, it's just the levels, Um, but here's an idea of what products could be affected. So the New York Times wrote an article in 2020 about laundry detergent and they cited research from the Citizens Campaign for the Environment, which tested levels of 1,4-dioxane in household products in 2019. So they found that DREF, their newborn laundry detergent, had 10 parts per million of 1,4-dioxane. Um, and then as of 2022, um, Arm & Hammer Clean Burst had greater than 4 parts per million. And... Tide Original and Gain Original with Aroma Boost had greater than three parts per million. And I thought this was interesting. Arm & Hammer Sensitive Skin brand also had greater than three parts per million. So I just wanted to clear that up really quickly. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Either DM us at Practical Non-Toxic Living or email us at hello at ruanliving.com. Uh, okay, thanks so much for listening and I look forward to connecting with you. Until next time.